Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will Bowman with the Art of the Interview. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Today, I am going to talk to you about six places where you can do research on your interviewees when it seems like there's nowhere to find research materials. Because here's the thing. Everybody knows the basic places to go to find information about people, right? So if you're a small town interviewee or you're a big town interviewee, sort of three of the basic places that you can kind of go to find out information about that person are their social media, their website, and the good old-fashioned library. These are kind of the more basic places that you can look for research materials, and everybody knows that. But what happens when someone doesn't have these? Or when these things are not really a good place to find information relevant to the interview that you're going to be doing? For example, you might realize that someone has a social media account, but they're not active on it. And so there's very little content there. Or they have a social media manager. Um, Most of their posts are somewhat contrived, and you highly doubt that they're being written by the person who is actually behind the social media. It's likely someone they've hired to do it for them. So this is a common situation for people where they struggle to find especially people who live in small towns and conduct interviews on a small scale. When I was working at La Grande Alive, the television channel, I can't count the amount of times the people who I interviewed had no online presence. Zero. Zilch. At least to the degree that I could find by doing a simple Google or Bing search. So I developed some somewhat creative ways of at least getting a small level of research done about the people who I was interviewing. You don't have to do a lot a lot of times. In fact, a lot of times you don't have the time to do a lot of research if you, say, are working at a local news station or a local television station or if you just have a podcast that you're doing for your local area. That's okay. There are some simple interesting places that you can look outside of the standard social media, website, and library locations. And I'm going to cover six of those here. So the first one is going to seem somewhat basic, but I wanted to put it into this list because I think it's really important that you first check this before you go anywhere else. And that's other local media news outlets. And here's why that's important. Again, that might seem like a really basic one, but the reason that's important is because if you go to other local news outlets, what that's going to do, and you consume their content that they've already created on the person, you're going to get a good summary of what's already in existence that you don't need to talk to them about. Or at least you don't need to go into it in the same depth that it is elsewhere. Because 
honestly, why would someone want to listen to your podcast when they can listen to the same thing, or maybe they already have listened to the same thing somewhere else? Also, why would someone want to be on your podcast to talk about the same thing that they have also talked about somewhere else? Unless they're trying to get access to your audience, which in a lot of cases is not the case with small town interviewees. They're simply trying to go about their day, and they do interviews as more of an ancillary thing rather than a professional, say, athlete or business owner who's actively trying to get on podcasts to connect with those audience people. They're okay talking about the same thing over and over again, but your average Joe is probably going to get bored after doing the same interview, answering the same questions 12 or 13 times. So by consulting your local news media, you can kind of get an idea of what's already going on, what the person's already talked about. That way, you don't have to ask that person quite as much about those subjects, and you can use those to bounce off and talk about something more interesting, deep, or unique that's going to give your podcast, your interview, something a little more than everything else out there. So that's number one. The second place that you can look for research is a great one that I learned while I was doing interviews at my local news station, and that was the person's resume. Often, oftentimes, we don't think to ask the person for their resume. Why would we need that? But a resume is a great place to see where the person's been, what they've done, and also sort of their forward-facing identity that they like to put out there when they're trying to solicit employment or just generally connect with someone in some sort of a professional fashion. The resume might not give you a lot to go on just basically, but it's a great jumping block because it connects you with places that they've been. For example, where did they go to school? What did they study? These are great pieces of information for you to have because then you can go back and go to, say, that financial institution or that financial educational institution and then on their website, on their local campus newspaper, look up that person and see if there's anything about them there. It's a great way to get new avenues to this person that you wouldn't otherwise have. And sometimes it's enough to, at a pinch to give you sort of some footholds into that person's personality, likes, dislikes, history, to be able to ask more informed questions and more unique questions that are already being asked by other people who are in competing news venues. Another one, number three, is similar, and that's their institutional resume. Again, really great for the same reasons. A lot of times, the website for the company that they work for or that they're associated with will have some sort of an institutional resume for that person. Say they're a CIO at a local corporation. They may have some sort of a resume on their website that will give you, again, some great jumping places to go for you to find information about that person. Maybe they'll talk about their past employment history. Maybe they'll talk about their specializations that they're in, interested in. Maybe they'll talk about their community activism. These are all great things for you to then go out and use to leverage more 
research locations if you have the time. And they're also great in and of themselves. The next place to go that is great for people like scientists, teachers, poets, writers, and people who are generating bodies of work is to read their published work. When I was in college, I was really interested in poetry. Still am, to this day. But one thing that I did when I was in college was, for some of my favorite poets, I would go and I would read all of their works. And then, based on that reading, I would send them questions and do a little digital interview with them and post it to my website. It was one of the first times that I really exercised some of my interviewing chops, and I had a great time, both in reading their work and also in interviewing the person via email. I realize this is not realistic to do for everyone. However, maybe it's someone who is a big interview for you, or someone who you're really interested in, or you're already interested in their subject matter. Sometimes in your off time, buying a book or two from them and reading it is a great way to connect to that person's personality, writing style, ideas, and emotions so that you can then bring that to your interview. Another great way of doing some research is, again, one that's not often done, but it works really well, and that's to call a mutual friend. Sometimes, especially in small towns, you know someone that your interviewee knows already. You have a one degree of separation, per se. And sometimes if the person is not all that available online or through any sort of work or they don't have an institutional resume, sometimes the best thing you can do is call and talk to someone who already knows them. One of my best friends and a somewhat of a mentor to me today, David Ebel, was, inter- was introduced to me through one of these kinds of situations. My editor, when I used to work at La Grande Alive, was also working part-time at his physical therapy company. Multiple times she said, you really need to interview David. You really need to. You guys would hit it off. So her and I just started talking about why. Why was it that I needed to interview him? And through that, I kind of got to know some of the things about David that would be interesting to talk about. And sure enough, when we actually did connect, we hit it off right away. So again, if you're looking for somebody to talk to about the person who you're interviewing, that's a great way of getting connected to that person before the interview. The last option that I'll mention here today is something that actually one of my favorite interviewers, Tim Ferriss, does. And what he'll do is he'll consult his audience. He'll actually ask the people who he's producing his podcast for, what should I ask this person about? What should I talk to them about? What should I focus on during this interview? This is a person who I'm going to have on the show. What would be beneficial? What would you like to hear me talk to him about? And this is a great option for a couple reasons. One, it preempts the interview and gets people excited about people who they already know and are interested in hearing about. Two, it increases the relevance of the questions that you ask, making it more valuable to your audience. And three, it gets people 
it gives you access to a pool of knowledge that you would never be able to get on your own, likely before you actually do the interview. Many of these people might already be invested in this person and have read articles, consulted different sources that you just wouldn't have access to. And they will be able to say, talk to them about this thing. This is something that's part of their past. You really should consult them about that. So in summary, here's some really great options for doing research when it seems like your research is not panning out anywhere else. And that's one, local news media, two, a resume, three, an institutional resume, four, their published work, five, a mutual friend, and six, your own audience. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to The Art of the Interview, and we'll see you next time on the podcast.